Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. Today, the message is going to be another series. I taught six, well, I taught, I think, six messages or something like that, uh, dealing with a series that's was titled, God Intends for His Will to be Done Through Your Life. And I changed it just a little bit, but means the same thing, is that God, God's purpose is to use you. Is to use you. I taught the messages, and I started off with the thought that God wants to bless you abundantly. You remember that? And I taught eight ways that you can position yourself to receive his abundant blessings, not just his blessings, but his abundant blessings. So now, these group of messages that I want to teach, it might be three, might be two, but I know it's one because I'm going to do it today. Uh, What we want to do is to go from there. Because I started off with God intends for his will to be done through your life. So in other words, God, God's purpose is to use you. That's what he wants to do. He wants to use you for his purposes. Now, let's, let's think about that now. God wants to use you for his purposes. But while he's doing that, in the midst of that, if you don't know that he really wants to bless you abundantly, if you don't know how to position yourselves, what we can do, we can then forget that and we can really start giving up, falling away. There are people who are falling away from the Lord. There are people who are falling away from the church. There are people, who, and when I say the church, I mean the body of believers that God is calling uh, together in one place. The called out assembly, that's the church, not the building. We just meet in this building. But they fall away from fellowshipping and communion. And it could be many different reasons, but one of the, the reasons is because we have enemies. We have enemies. We have enemies of our flesh, And that's a big enemy, our flesh. And we have Satan, the devil, we have have him, and, and, and he wants to destroy fellowship. He wants to destroy communion. He wants to destroy your life and my life. Also, we have the sinful world, the fallen world system, because of Adam, we live in a sinful world. And so the world system is going to be against you. It's going to be against me. We have unclean spirits also that Satan uses because he's not everywhere. But we have, have the unclean spirits in the world that's trying to affect you and cause you to be all that God is telling you not to do. We have those enemies. So we're going to have problems, in other words. 
in life, we are going to have problems. I don't care if, if, if you are saved or unsaved. You are going to have problems. The good thing, the good news is that because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, then we now can give our lives to him and we can be now put back into right standing with the Father. And so we have, in the midst of our problems, we have a solution. We have someone who's going to fight for us. We have someone who's going to fight with us. We have someone who's going to go before us. We have that. But we still have problems. We have problems. That's why the scripture said, uh, encourage one another daily. You might use the word exhort one another daily. While it is today, see, because we all are in a battle outside of these four walls. We're in a battle. Sometimes even inside the four walls. Because it's in our minds a lot of times. We're, we're thinking about situations. We're thinking about problems. We're thinking about uh, all the things we could be doing. We could, we, all these thoughts. That still is the enemy trying to get your thoughts off of God and the purpose why you're here. You're here to glorify God. You're here to exalt him. You're here to, to hear the word of God so that you can uh, go out and exalt him some more. But the enemy doesn't want that. So he actually tries to keep people from church, from, from coming to the body. He tries to keep people from doing that. Any, any excuse, it's raining. Oh, it's cool. Oh, it's too hot. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. Any excuse to do. But see, if, if, if we were in a situation where they say you cannot gather together, if you gather together, we're going to put you in jail. Any Christian who gathers together and call yourself a Christian, we're going to put you in jail and might kill you. Now, you'll be upset because that's what's going on in foreign countries. And they, they walk miles. They, they do a lot of things. They, they risk their lives to come together so they can be encouraged with one another and in the word of God. That's, what, that's why I'm teaching the message in the series, because I know that I have problems. I know that you have problems. And I know that God wants us to be victorious over those problems. I know that. I know that. But he wants to encourage us. So how is he doing that today? What is he going to, what is he going to say today is going to encourage me? Well, one of the things, uh, let's go to uh, one of the foundational scriptures that I did, probably the first message of the series in Philippians chapter 2. And let's go there. And in verse, uh, we'll start in verse 12. It says, For then, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. When I read that, I said, well, uh, before I said work out my salvation, I'm already saved. What do you mean work it out? I'm not into works. I'm into grace. 
But he does, he's not talking about that. He said, you are saved, you, 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 you have salvation, but now work it to its completion. You have it, you have a starting point, but now work it out to its completion with fear and trembling. Then it says that, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work or to, to do in the King James of his good pleasure. It's God in us who's working in us not only to do what he wants us to do, but to give us the will to do. Sometimes I don't have the will to do what he wants me to do, what I read in the scripture. I don't have the will to do. And then I pray and ask God, I don't have the will to do this. I mean, this is hard. I don't have the will to do this. Father, help me. And what does he do? He gives us the will. It's not, it's not a, a bad thing not to have the will to do what he wants you to do, if you're honest about it. Uh, can we be honest that we don't have the will all the time to do what he wants us to do? We don't have the will to do what he wants us to do. Love your enemies. I don't have the will to do that. But I know I should, but I know the word tells me to, but I don't have the will to do that. But then when he gives me the will, I say, well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can, I, I, can, I, I, I can love this person. I don't have to invite them over my house, but I can love this person. I can help the person they need help. You know, I, I can do that because sometimes your, your enemy sometimes is at work with you. And, uh, come on now. Sometimes your enemies that work with you because it, you, remember, you remember last week we were talking about uh, Daniel and how the, the people who were working with him, the other commissioners, they went and told the king about him and made a decree so that they would get rid of him. The people do that at work. They tell the boss on you. You, you, you. you sit there and, and then sometime the, the lounge, or the, or the, when, when I was teaching, we had a teacher's lounge, and if you eat lunch in the teacher's lounge, you know, everybody's talking about this, they're talking about that. And somebody's trying to get you to say something so you can go back and tell the principal because they don't want you to succeed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens. So sometimes... You don't have the will to love that person, but God says, hey, um, it's this person's birthday. You know, the one that told the principal on you, the one that, you know, the principal had to come and talk to you, called you in. He had a pink slip in your box. Well, I want you to uh, give him a birthday card. What? <laughs> with some poison on it? What, what I mean, what, what, what you? No. <laughs> no, with a gift inside. Oh, my goodness gracious. Sometimes we don't have the will to do things like that. But the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us all the time to do things that we don't want to do. So we have to ask, hey, give me the will to do of your good pleasure, God. Now, he, he does that because, let's look at verse 15, so that now it, it, it gives you some things you do, like verse 14 says, do all things without grumbling and complaining. You don't like that, do you? Come on. 
You don't, you don't, you don't want to do that, do you? No. No, we're in church now. Well, come on now, we, 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 this, is, this, is, this is us. We're the church now. Uh, you don't like doing that, do you? You don't like saying, I'm never going to complain about anything because God says so. I really love your law, Lord. I, I just, man, I wake up in the, in, in the middle of the night just thinking of your righteous decrees, Lord, like David said in Psalm 119. You, you don't do that, do you? you? You want to complain, don't you? I know I do. It feels good sometimes to complain. Yeah. But he says that, I don't want you to do that. He says, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights to the world. That means that in the teacher's lounge, I shouldn't be... I shouldn't have been uh, complaining about some of these students that got put in my class that didn't want to do anything but cause problems to the class. You were hoping they would be absent. <laughs> but they always came to school. <laughs> Snow, they there. <laughs> I can't believe you taught school, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you think you don't have teachers like that, you're in for a rude awakening. But God doesn't want us to do what? To complain and things like that because what he wants us to do is to have a great testimony with the other teachers in the lounge. That's what he wants. He He doesn't want us complaining to one another because it's a better testimony when you, when you come uh, and, and you're around people and there's no murmuring and complaining. That's what he wants. And, uh, and, and it goes on in families. Am I right? Between husband and wife. Doesn't it? Between children and parents. At the job. Even inside the four walls of what we call Cornerstone or any other name that's names of churches throughout the world you still have complaining when you come in. If you, if you talk to a person enough, I guarantee you're going to hear some complaining. Yeah. You will. And he says don't. Why did he say don't? Because he wants you to have a great testimony to those who are listening. That's what he wants. All I'm saying is that I'm teaching this, this, this set of messages because... God wants us to be lights to the world, even in the midst of our problems, in the midst of our car breaking down, in the midst of us getting fired from a job, in the midst of our our children not doing right, in the midst of our mate not doing right, in the midst of whatever it is, in the midst of it, your lights that shine, that others will see that light, and glorify God. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. Now, you say that I'm a Christian, and so I'm not going to claim nothing's going to ever go wrong with me. I'm going to claim that everything's going to always be right with me because I'm a positive thinker. 
So I'm going to always be positive. Nothing's ever going to be wrong with me. Nothing's ever going to be wrong with my car. Nothing's ever going to have, have, have uh, I'm going to have to fix anything on my house because God's going to take care of my house. You know, let me just tell you, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You can name it. You can claim it. You can confess it. You can do whatever you want to do. It's not going to happen. Now, I, can, I can say that with, with a surety. I can guarantee you things are going to go wrong in your life. I can guarantee you that. You say, well, why are you speaking that negative? Why do you say after every service, Lord, bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his counsel and give you peace. And you're talking about we're going to have war. Well, I want to speak blessings over you because in the midst of war, don't you want to be blessed? Yeah. But see, the Bible says that you're going to have problems. If the Bible says you're going to have problems, you are going to have problems. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, Another thing is that even though we have all these enemies, another thing that happens is that God is working in our lives to conform us to his will. And that is not pleasant. Let me tell you. It is not pleasant, God working in our lives. He said, well, that doesn't make sense. God is a great God. He's a compassionate God. He's a loving God. And you tell me that God's going to cause, he, he, he's going to allow problems in my life? That's not my God. <laughs> uh, let's look at it in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Let's go there. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, it's talking about in chapter 11, surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, which most people say is a lack of faith, lack of trust in God, and let us run with endurance. That, that is a key word, endurance, endurance, endurance. That's what we need to now call that perseverance, perseverance. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. God has set a race before us. Work out your salvation. It's a, it's a, a race that we are going from start point to the ending point to the Lord takes us home. And it says here, fixing your eyes on Jesus, and he's the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Endured. Endured. That word endure means to persevere. Hupomone, it means to stay under a burden. To be under it like you have a burden on your, on your back. You, you get up under it and you, you carry it. You carry it and you carry it. You persevere. You persevere. He endured the cross. The cross was not a nice thing. Was it? No, it wasn't a nice thing. He endured it, though, despising the shame, even it says, and has sat down at the right hand of the, of, the, uh, of the Father, really, the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself. So he had relationship problems, didn't he? Yeah, he had relationship problems. Everybody didn't like him. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. 
Why did the Bible say that? Why did he even put this in here if it was not a possibility that you can grow weary and lose heart? It says, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin because we have an enemy, this flesh. Satan, the world system. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, this is Old Testament, do not regard lightly the the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? Hmm. Now, is it, a, is it a great thing to be disciplined? Is it a great thing to be disciplined? Yeah. How many love discipline? I thought you said it was a great thing. Okay, it's great, but you don't love it, right? That's the same way. My hand's in my pocket. I make sure it won't go up. I hate discipline. Really? Don't you hate discipline? He said, not really. I mean, just to, just to floss your teeth every night is discipline. And when I'm sleeping, I hate to floss, man. Like, come on. I didn't know anything about floss until I went to dinner the first time. They said, ooh, <laughs> you need a floss. What's flossing? Okay. Everything, if you want to, it to be well, you're going to take some discipline. It takes some discipline to be the same size you were when you were in high school. <laughs> it takes discipline, doesn't it? Doesn't it? You can, you can wear the same clothes all the time when you're in high school. Now you're 60. You can wear the same clothes, bell bottoms, you know. Uh, you can wear <laughs> leisure suit, you know. <laughs> I know y'all remember no leisure suit. I know you remember no bell bottoms. Yeah. Platform shoes. It takes discipline. It takes discipline to be an athlete. It takes discipline. Discipline. So in order to be disciplined, the coach has to get them out there and train them and train and train and train. Even after season start, uh, after they play like the games they played yesterday, uh, college games, they're going to get right back out there and train some more, train some more to try, to, try to, to, to get more discipline because jumping offside is not discipline. Fumbling is not discipline. Throwing interceptions is not discipline. You've got to be more disciplined than that. So they're going to do that. Was it high school? Was it, was it? If you go to the service, it takes discipline. They're going to discipline you. Am I right, Elder Sam? They're going to discipline you. They're going to discipline you. You're going to run. You're going to run. You're going to, get up. you're going to get up early, and you're going to go to bed early. There's not going to be no, you know, well, hey, I want to stay up and, 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 and you know, uh, do a little video game. You can, not in the service. No, no, not in the service. Not in the service. They're going to discipline you for war. 
God says he's going to discipline us. Why? Because he wants us to be just like him. And we were not born just like him. We don't have the fruit of the Spirit when we were born. We don't have the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering. That's what patience is, long-suffering in, in, in Galatians. We don't have that as natural thing. It, it comes by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, disciplining us to be long-suffering when, when, when we don't want to be long-suffering. God is compassionate. He's gracious. And we are not compassionate a lot of times. We're not gracious a lot of times. We don't think of somebody else sometimes. We think about ourselves, what we like to do, how we like to do it. And we want everybody to do what we do, like we do it, when we do it. And if you don't do what they do, then they talk about you. Because that's what I used to do. I used to talk about people who couldn't raise their hands uh, for a whole half an hour in service. I said, what's wrong with them, man? They must not practice at home. God said, what is wrong with you? Do you know what spirit you are? I thought I was of the Holy Spirit. But no. No. Can't somebody, why don't they do a two-hour devotion like I do? Don't they love God? Huh. I said, you don't know what spirit you are. Yeah. You are pretty pathetic. That's what he was telling me. Because you think you're something. When it was a gift, it's by my grace that you like to do that. That's the only reason. If you think, it, you think you're something, then start getting where you're supposed to get on time. Before time, every time. I said, well, I can't do that. <laughs> God is going to allow things to happen because he wants us to be like him. How are you going to be long-suffering? Because that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. How are you going to be Long-suffering. You're going to have to have somebody who you're going to have to suffer a long time with in your life. That's what you're going to have to do. How are you going to be, how are you going to endure, because God is a God of endurance. Is that right? How are you going to endure if you don't have problems in your life that you have to endure? So he, had to, he has to allow those things. So, I'm laying the foundation now that these things are really true, but people, do you know, understand that people fall away from the body of Christ, they fall away from uh, Christ, they fall away from, they give up and give in, and they say, well, if God is like this, if, he, if he's not going to help me anymore than he's helping me, then I don't want to serve him anymore. There's plenty of people who used to be um, you used to be in churches that's not in churches any longer all over the world because they did not endure their situation. It takes endurance to be in a marriage. Do you understand what I'm saying? Those of you who are married, 
You understand? It takes endurance. Endurance. It takes long suffering. It takes the fruit of the Spirit. If you have one person who's not godly, then you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. More than you should have. That's why God said, don't, you know, don't be unequally yoked. He wants you to marry someone. You can marry whoever you want to as long as they're in the Lord. Not in the church. The four walls of the building. In the Lord. You don't have a, a prayer if, if, they, if they're not in the, in the, in the Lord. I mean, you can pray that God save them. But you're going to have problems, more problems. God wants us to endure. He wants us to endure. Because he does that. You say, well, I'm not signing up for this suffering. Turn to First Peter with me. I'm not signing up for suffering. I'm not signing up for it. Uh, chapter 2. I'm not signing up for it. I, I'm not going to do it. Well, let's look in, in verse 18. Let's start there. Servants, be submissive to your masters in all respects. And I use that again, like I said last week, as employee, employers, or whatever, like that. Not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Unreasonable, perverse, wicked, unreasonable. I want you to be submissive in all manner of respect to those who are unreasonable. Unreasonable. Now that right there does not sound good. And what comes after sounds worse. For this finds favor. For it is for the sake of conscience towards God that a person bears under sorrows when suffering unjustly. God's not going to get you out of all unsuffering, all suffering unjustly. He's not going to get you out of it. Why isn't he going to get you out of it? Because it develops character. It develops perseverance. It makes you just like he is. It said, for what credit is there when you sin, you are harshly treated, and you endure it with patience. But if you, when you, but if you, but if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. How many want favor with God? How many want to sign up for suffering, uh, for, uh, and you know that you didn't do anything right? I mean, you didn't, do, you didn't do anything wrong. You did everything right. You, I mean, everything right. You just did it right. And somebody just come down on you and just, just drag you all over the coals. And you say, whoopee, I'm, I'm treated unjustly. God, I'm finding favor of God. How many, like, how many ready to say that? I don't see no hands going up. But do you know it's going to happen? It's going to happen. Listen to what it says. You thought that sound bad? Listen to this. For you have been called for this purpose. Now, is that in your Bible? You said, that's not in my Bible. Is it not in my electronic device? Well, we got it on the screen so you can see it. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's what it says here. You've been called for this purpose. Why? 
since Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. God wants us to be just like him. God wants us to be like, just like him. You said, that's, that's not, this is not an encouraging message, man. This is rain outside, and you talk about all this suffering, man. <laughs> all this suffering and stuff like that. No, I'm, all I'm trying to do is to help us. Let's turn to uh, 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 First Peter chapter uh, 5. Let's turn down. And, and, and because I'm trying to help you. Because it, verse 10, it says here. I want to go to verse 10. It says, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself complete or perfect or confirm or strengthen and establish you after a period of time, God said, okay, that, that's, that, you're doing pretty good there. you pretty good. Let's move on to something else here. He moves to other areas. Do you understand that it's not going to last for, uh, forever? It's not going to last forever. You might think it's going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. God's going God's to deliver you from that, but he's not going to take you from all suffering. It's not going to happen. All afflictions, all persecutions. He's not going to do that because it's not going to develop the character of Christ. It's just not going to happen. Perseverance is important. It is very important. Let me, um, let, let's go to another one. Let's go to Luke chapter, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 8. Let's go there. And you, you remember the parable of the sower sows the word? In verse 11 through uh, say 16. All it's saying here, and I'm not teaching on it because I've taught on that before, but all it's saying here is that you're going to have to persevere. You're going to have to persevere. That's what the soul of the seed is all about. You're going to have to persevere. When you receive the word on something, you're going to have to persevere. All of us know that we need to be able to uh, be faithful even though things are not going our way. We need to persevere when things are not going our way. That is so, I mean, it, it is a biggie with God. Because tell me, tell me, do you think that, that the children of Israel please God all the time? No. Do they please him most of the time? No, not from my reading. But he loved them, didn't he? He was faithful to them, wasn't he? And he still loves Israel. He still loves Israel. Even though they rejected him, he still loves Israel. He still loves us, even though we are a work in progress, aren't we? He still loves us. He's faithful even when we are not faithful to him. He's faithful. Isn't he? Yes, he is. That's how he wants us to be. He wants us to be that way. When things are not going the way you think they should be going in your marriage, he wants you to be faithful. Not to use an excuse, well, okay, since she won't do that with me, I'm not going to do this with her, you know. Um, never act like she didn't want to, want to fix me nothing. She told me I had to fix my own food. That's all right. I'm never going to wash the dish again. She can forget it. 
She forget that. I'm not doing anything for her because she didn't do it for me. Whenever it's my wife or the guest. Uh, now, now, do you think that's Christ-like? No. Do we do it? Yes. Why? And we know better. The flesh. <laughs> that's why we have an enemy. God has to work in us. But see, the word, I know the word on it, but see, the word says that you've got to understand the word. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to persevere with this word because, see, if you don't, if you, if, if you just throw the, the word, is thrown out there because I'm, I'm going to throw the, I am going to throw this word out every Sunday that I'm up here. I'm going to throw this word out. The word is going, you're going to hear the word of God. You'll see the word of God. I'm not going to just get up here and tell you about some hypothetical, some experiences I had, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that, and, and all these good sounds. I'm going to give you the word. That's what I'm going to give you. And because, see, the, the word is not going to return void. You see? It's going to prosper. And, and see, so God says, you got to understand this word. So I, got to, I have to try to get it to you where you understand what it is so the birds won't come out, Satan won't come out and take the word that's sown in your heart. But then it says that, you can't be the one that's just like a, a, a is so, the word is sown in, in the rocky ground either because it's gonna, you might receive it with joy, but then roots going to come down, but it's not going to get deep. And then as soon as the sun come out, as soon as persecution come, as soon as something's something, something get, going to get mad. I didn't, I didn't change the color of the carpet. I don't let you have um, coffee in the sanctuary. Everybody else have coffee in the sanctuary. I can't have coffee in the sanctuary at Cornerstone, so I'm not going to come there anymore. Because do you drink coffee? No. <laughs> what you worry about coffee for then? I think they, should, they ought to have coffee. My friend wants coffee, they ought to have coffee. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, people, are, uh, I mean, I'm serious. I'm serious. Why are we going to break fellowship over coffee? Well, you stop wearing a tie. You used to wear a tie. I, I know why you're not wearing a tie because they told you, you know, uh, your mentor told you that you ought to stop wearing a tie. So you stop wearing a tie. And I like ties. You should be wearing a tie. You think you're cool. No, don't wear no tie. No, you need to wear a tie. Hey, if I don't wear a tie, I don't wear a tie. Does that hurt you? No. It doesn't hurt you if I don't wear a tie. If I wear a tie, it doesn't hurt you. No, it doesn't hurt you. I wore a tie for 17 years. Now, sometimes it says this word, this song, and then the, 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 all the things that are life, just life issues come up. Just life issues come up. And it says here that you cannot, well, let's, let's read verse 14. The seed, was, was the seed which fell among the thorns are these, these are the ones who have heard and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and, and pleasures of this life and bring forth no fruit to maturity. I was going to bring a, a, a tomato I had. A tomato I had is, is, is just as green as a, as a leaf. And we, we ate hamburgers last night. If Minerva would have cut that green tomato and put it on my hamburger, then we would have problems in our marriage. 
Now, uh, green tomatoes is not supposed to be green. You don't want you don't want to go to get a hamburger and they have green tomatoes on your on your sandwich, do you? No, because it's not right. It's not right. It says here you can love the. I mean, you can you can enjoy. You can go away and say, "Whoopee! That, that was a good word. That was a good word." But if you don't have roots that go deep, affliction is going to mess that word up. If you don't have if you have all the issues of life to come into, you're not going to bear fruit with perfection to completion, in other words. That's what perfection is, completion. The only time, I don't care if you hear the word of salvation, and somebody say, hey, glory, hallelujah, I'm saved, I'm saved. And you say, this person got saved because I laid them in the salvation plan. Or it, did they really get saved? Or did they just say some words? How do you know? How do you know? Sooner or later, how do you know an apple tree? Sooner or later, it's going to bear some fruit. Otherwise, you need to cut it on down. Right? You mean you can dig around it, mulch around it. You can do all those type of things. But after years and years and years, no fruit, then you can just figure, hey, I'm going to cut this thing down because it's wasting space. Right? Isn't that what this, this word says? Let me tell you what, what really brings fruit. Let me tell you what really brings fruit. It says in verse 15, But the seed in the soil, in the good soil, we're talking about the heart, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart. Remember we talked about the heart before. And hold it fast. Hold it fast. I mean, you got it. And you're not going to let it go. You hold it fast. You might have to look at it. Uh, five times, you might have to listen to a message, you know, five, six times. You might have to meditate on something five or six times. But you're not going to let this word go because it says it'll bear fruit if you hold on to it. It'll bear fruit. But, it, but you've got to have that last word. What the last word says? With perseverance. If you don't have perseverance, if I don't have perseverance, if I can't persevere in hard times, if I can't persevere when things are not going my way, if I can't persevere when, when, when everything seems to be going wrong that can go wrong, if I can't persevere, then God says that I'm not going to bear fruit on that word that was sown back in my life at that particular time. It's not going to, it's just not, it did, it did, did nothing. Did nothing. So that's why I'm teaching the message, messages. Now next week what I'm going to do is, is go over some um, just more illustrations for you because we gave some. All of what I just said is what took place with Daniel. Am I right? They came against Daniel. Things were not going right. They threw Daniel into the lion's what? Den. That was not a good thing to do. But God prevailed. Is that correct? That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did when I went over that. And what did they do? They would not bend. They would not bow their knee. They would not worship this statue. And what happened? They threw them into the fiery furnace. Is that correct? That's not nice. But God prevailed. Is that correct? God prevailed. 
things are going to go wrong, I don't care how holy, how sanctified you think you are, and I think I am, things are going to go wrong. And I surely hope things don't go wrong this week because I'm teaching this message. (laughs) But I do know that we need to encourage one another and that you can do this thing. Come on. You can do this thing. That's why we need to get involved in each other's lives so we know what somebody's going through because the, the enemy wants to isolate you and wants to just speak words of doubt in your mind about God, what God says, and what, what he wants you to do is to get upset with God, get upset with people, and see, getting upset with people, uh, people are not your problem. I don't care what I do, I don't care what someone else does, they're not your people, they're not your problem. The enemy is your problem, right? Yeah, the enemy is your problem. So we're going to encourage one another. Uh, I, I mean, we're going to just get, get excited about what God is doing so that when you go through problems, we can just we, we, we can say, hey, we already, we, we already know that. We've been through that. And the enemy, he thinks I'm going to give up. He thinks I'm going to drop out. He thinks this is going to happen. He's wrong. He's wrong. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persevere. That's thing. Perseverance. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.